My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her, I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm -hmm. But it's an empty road. I feel so alone. I forgot. Patriots. Today is Friday, January 12th in the year 2024. It, literally stunning that we're already 12 days in and how much has happened in this nation. There's some news we're going to talk about today. Things are moving very quickly in 2024. It's not a surprise. And I really think what we're going to be looking at is as 2024 starts to reveal itself in the fullness, you're going to start to see the pushback to the federal tyranny they were facing. And in the process, you're going to see a lot more disruption, which will then probably manifest and explode into 2025. So we've gone a long ways down into a pit, and it's not easy to get out. The beautiful thing about that is as long as we keep our focus in the spiritual center where we need to be anchored in God, 
we're going to come out of this just fine, but it's going to get a little rough and it's going to get a little bit, bit rocky at times. Patriots, one thing that everyone needs to be excited about right now is the fact that we are on a victory path. And with that, to keep in mind that you have to be prepared and keep a positive attitude in spite of the fact that the psychopath pedophile elites are trying to do everything they can to crush this economy and crush this and crush the people. One of those things that they will likely and probably try is some sort of disabling event, a false flag that leads to something much bigger. Most, most, one of the most probables is to shut down communication because communication is the center of everything. While they, they would like to keep things, and we know this from what we study, to keep things smooth and uninterrupted, the fact is that there's coming a crisis point for them that if they don't do some radical moves, their ability to contain the people and keep people from waking up is going to become increasingly impossible from their optics. I can already tell them that it is impossible, but they, they haven't learned that yet. That's why you can you have to be prepared for radicalized events. It means like an EMP. EMPShield.com produces a product that is incredible. It helps preserve your your equipment, your household, everything you rely on and we all rely on on a daily basis, whether it's your vehicle, your ATV, your your home electronic systems, your solar systems, your backup generator, your ham base station, your RV, these things that we come relying on have electronics in them, like it or not. It's part of the great trap that they've built into us that we've willfully accepted. So EMP Shield allows you to install these this device easily and to ensure that you will not have to be concerned if they decide to pull some crazy stunt. So the best thing to do is head on over to EMPShield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get $50 off and free shipping with every order there at and with every unit you buy, they have a great resource library, got great documentation on all of their approval and, and certification processes. They're an American-made product. They're, they are a veteran-owned product or veteran business-owned-made product. So it's fantastic. So, And they're designed to withstand EMP level 1, 2, and 3 lightning strikes that comes with an insurance policy of $25,000 and solar flare protection. So these are all critical things in this time. So head on over there, check it out. It's worth the investment. It's a great insurance policy and for many, many reasons. And so anyway, EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com, promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Moral courage. It's one of the things that our leadership lacks the most. And so today is really kind of a message of perspective, but it's also a message to our senior leaders and I figure that somewhere in there, somebody's going to listen to it and be able to maybe clip out some of this to send it to some one-star, preferably a four-star, to get them to start realizing the situation that we're in. Break yourself from the glass palace that you live in up in Pentagon and understand the ire of a large percentage of the American public that is looking to leadership in our military and not finding it in any of our flag officers. One thing that's come out of the art of the letter of the signatories of 231 people who signed on to the Declaration of Accountability for the Military, or Declaration of Military Accountability, now by acronym known as DMA, is the simple fact that not a single leader in our and a single officer of one star or above, which means one star, two star, three star, or four star, meaning admiral or general, depending on what branch you're in, not one of them 
has t- took the had the courage to stand up and stop the illegal COVID nineteen vaccine process. Not one. It's a dark, dark statement on the moral courage of our leadership. There is an explanation that could justify some of this to a degree. And that would be that in the moments of the unknown, when the COVID con began, when the agents of provocateur, the dark agents of deep state, which included members of Congress and connected ties, former intelligence officers, they were doing covert operations against the American people. This intricate cabal of international cr- crime, when, those, when they introduced the idea of the pandemic, which was through the fake flu, the, the flu virus that suddenly became the most deadly virus known to man, there is a moment there when it would be difficult for anybody in leadership not to consider that as a potential threat from a foreign power especially in light of the narrative story that was very well and too well developed coming out of Wuhan. What was missed in a lot of that fury was the fact that Wuhan was tied to, and this didn't come out till later, that even Wuhan, if that's where it came from, which I'm highly skeptical that that's where that virus came from. The um, indications are that it actually came from Ukraine and it came from a area where there is a bioweapons lab that we were funding and it has in its name is China as Trump actually spoke it. So I think that the Wuhan lab issue was a false flag and forced us to run down a rabbit trail that was not true, but it allowed the vector to be placed on China and then to build up the, this axis of powers model that we were supposed to be prepared to go to full-on nuclear war against the nation, which is what I believe the ultimate goal they wanted. In these crisis moments, it's very difficult in leadership when the burden of a nation falls upon your shoulders. And it's difficult to make decisions of clarity when you're relying on staffers and everybody is being fed information that's ultimately been tainted, especially by our CIA. They are notorious for creating garbage in intel garbage. They did it for Bush in, in Iraq. They've done it over and over. Because at the heart of the CIA, while there's good operators, at the heart of the CIA, they are always about manipulation. And one of the problems with the CIA is it's they are trained in the, in the arts of destabilization, of manipulation, deception, but they don't know where the boundaries are because they're not trained within a boundary of a moral framework like scripture. And I know that would seem almost an oxymoron to say that, but in in fact that they lack any sort of foundational relationship to God. And I trust me, working with way too many of these guys, everything about them is in position and a maneuvering to gain power, which ultimately, ultimately is a gain power for them or their programs. It's a monster. It's a beast that you unleash into the world that is deadly and at the end of the day, when you deal with nation-state politics, it becomes self-replicating and self-fulfilling. Well, the other problem we have is that much of the agency's goal has been to seize control of the United States, whether indirect or direct, meaning through the agency or those that are out. This is where you have a plethora of agent of, of companies, intelligence companies in particular, especially in the Beltway up in D.C. And for those of you who don't understand the Beltway is, it's basically the area around D.C. 
and there are key areas. Crystal City is one where there's a plethora of private contracting companies that all compose elements of the of the uh, military industrial complex. Crystal City sits right on the edge of D.C. proper, and then you have other areas like McLean and Reston, which sit out to the west, and McLean is where the hub of the CIA is, and then you have an expanding group of other companies and things that go on out there that ultimately it's influenced to a large degree. Our entire military industrial complex is influenced to a large degree by intelligence contractors and those that become influencers that used to be intelligence operators to sway the big budget decisions that will ultimately drive the beast of the military industrial complex. So to understand that that is important because in a time of crisis, whether they are complicit or just part of the problem, once a crisis kicks in, the military industrial complex is very much like a pack of hyenas. And once they sniff blood or sniff a target, they can't stop because what drives them is the potential to gain massive new contracts and in so doing to fuel an engine of the economy, which sparks Wall Street, which then, like it or not, every person that has their money invested in, that, in these areas gets hungry too. So it's a very insidious, insidious model. The idea that a company like, and I'll call them out by name just because I know one, but there's many, whether it's Boeing, whether it's Lockheed, whether it's, it's Khaki, these, these companies are publicly funded and, and privately, or when I say private, understand the private sector versus the public sector, meaning they're funded by taxpayer dollars and they're traded on Wall Street. This is what we call the public-private partnership, but it's essentially what they're doing is using taxpayer dollars and then take it into Wall Street and circle that back into investment portfolios. So you have this you have this crazy Ponzi scheme that the American taxpayers feed in and then they take it back out and the American taxpayers feed in again because they do it for private investment. It's crazy. So it's just in a massive way to extract wealth out of a nation and to get us locked into a deadly cycle of war. All of that is important in one way or another, even in a small step to understand the magnitude of what our generals faced. Our generals are trying to make And by the way, I want to be very clear here. I'm not excusing a single general right now for their lack of moral courage. I'm just not. But I think that we are at a critical window that I'm trying to make a point to that I hope that every general can at some point or another understand the position in which they sit. Our military is literally disintegrated right now, disintegrating right before our very eyes. The replacement strategy that's being driven, which is by design, and by design by those higher up into the bankster and global financier positions, what we would call the World Economic Forum in the UN, is to destroy the center core of patriotism within our military, to separate it permanently from the people, degrade its capacity so low that it becomes a weakened system, which its resources are drained down, its military capacity is no longer large, and even its ideological framework of how to fight war becomes distorted, which would be things like worrying about cutting off your balls and getting becoming a woman wearing a skirt rather than fighting a, a real threat to the United States. So this is literally what is happening before our very eyes. And our leadership is allowing it because our leadership lacks moral courage. So far be, far along this way, much farther even than COVID con, we were already on a path of destruction because we had a destructive mentality within our leadership. That destructive mentality was one of, seeking 
to create an inclusion strategy, which I went over earlier this week, called DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, was at the center core of the religion of our military, which was brought in by the Obama administration in 2008. And that was the idea of fast-tracking gays and lesbians into the military, into an open environment, which then led to the inclusion and embracing, not just inclusion, but embracing of the LGBTQ cult that has seized control within the military. And where did that come from? If you track that back, you're going to find that most of that came from the CIA because the CIA was big in bringing gays into their program, especially early on, and using them in specific programs in their tra clandestine training out at the farm, which would be out in Virginia, where they were training them to, as pedophiles, to use those methods to secure and blackmail assets around the world for control for, for state-level politics. You, you can start to see the picture here that's important to understand how infected our government is. So back to our military leadership. We have a picture that came up yesterday. If you remember, there was a point during COVID con when we had this picture with Nancy Pelosi leading. And they were all sitting in the Capitol Center, and, and they were all sitting in chairs, wearing masks, and they were there's some Masonic garbage related to this, which I'm not even going to get into, but they were all social distancing in their chairs. Now, in that picture, which is important to understand, was General Milley sitting with Nancy Pelosi. And he's a straight, I don't care what people say about him. I'm, I'm, there's a Q theory that floats out there that somehow Milley's like the insider. Milley is a fat marshmallow that used to have a moral integrity that he's lost. He's a traitor to the nation. And I mean this because he's he went against Trump because Trump he was near Trump by proximity when Trump raised a Bible in front of the church across the street from the White House. And then he makes himself visibly known that he sits with one of the most integrated cabals in our history, which was led by Nancy Pelosi, in a picture of him wearing a mask and social distancing. Milley has also introduced the concept of white racism within the nation, within our military. He is, by definition, a divider. And, he is, and these are the sorts of people that the cabal uses to create permanent division within ranks that used to be unity. We have a major problem, both in our military and our country, about division and disunity, people hating each other. So with all that said, our generals were in a bit of a crisis point at some point, having to make a decision about the security of the nation, but framed around a corrupted framing anyway, which was this DEI diversity, equity, inclusion model, worried about the, the political issues. And one of the big things of probably and likely is the weight coming down from influencers and staffers around them. Trying to tell them that if we don't react to this, if we don't do something, if in our nation collapses, the burden of that failure would be upon your shoulders. So in a short period of time, post release of the flu virus that became known as COVID-19, there was a rapid concern of accelerating the response for a nation that would protect a nation. So there was a great deal of desire within the rank and file to force compliance into a strategy of one unified response to protect against an evil that was coming from outside. This is another deep systemic problem within our military industrial complex is they believe in this theory of a great evil that's always going to attack. It is a bipolar way of thinking. It comes from the Cold War. It has never left. It has gotten worse. 
And by doing that, there's always a single agent of attack, and it's always exterior coming to the threat of the United States. There has been very little study, very little work done within the broader broader scope of our strategic thinking in this nation of looking at threats from within. Very little. That has been left to crazy people that wear green berets and do crazy things around the world. And it's left to crazy people like myself that work at crazy places like that no longer exist, but a place called AWG where we thought of these asymmetric fights and considered the idea that we could actually get threats from within. It comes from crazy people that work in special operations elements like Delta that actually do surveys of schools after 9-11 to realize that the greatest threat to our nation was the soft targets of the elementary schools. See, those are those wild guys that the generals don't ever like to hear about. And the reason they don't ultimately, and I'm very honest, is because these generals don't have their big pork barrel projects. Every general wants to put his name on some big project. I've got the ICBM project. I built five carriers under my watch. I, I mobilized 100,000 more soldiers, and we equipped them new, with new rifles that were going to be able to kill an enemy with a single shot at, at 500 meters. I mean, this is the sort of stuff they want to put, hang their head on. What they're not hanging their head on is the strategic positioning of where they are, the influence in which they have, and the need to be generals not political hand puppets and the agents for a military industrial complex that's offering them some job post their tenure as a general to give them a place of coming to work for General Atomic or going to work for for General Dynamics or Lockheed or, or whatever, where they can say, well, you can be on the board of directors or ahead of some project, or you can be one of our influencers in D.C. talking to congressmen. This is the corruption that we have within our military rank and our senior flag officers, okay? This is the problem. So we get back to this issue, this moment in time when the nation was most in crisis. And the problem we have is the generals are now framed by a very different and distorted way of being leaders in this nation. And they make a decision then to push forward with the COVID con which leads to a mobilization of all sorts of resources, including which every general wants to be part of. If we're going to do a great effort, we want to step in and we want to do things like citing the, mobilizing the authority for the military direct industry like they did in World War II to what they need to do to save a nation. And they're going to do things like Operation Warp Speed, that they can mobilize the great resources of the Pentagon and the, and the military industrial complex to save a nation. Except it wasn't true. And in, in fact, it was worse because this program wasn't new. And the urgency of trying to deal with, deal with a crisis created a major, major gap in our strategic thinking, which was looking at them in terms of the long term. Nobody looked, went back to ask what the origins of this were. Nobody looked at the real pieces of where did these vaccines come from? When were they approved? Like 2012. Nobody looked at the, the mechanics of this to ask some simple questions. And because they're, they're being told by staffers, we've been prepared for this. This is what we've been preparing for, which is true. There had been a, an, an executed process, which went right into the public's face that nobody was asking about is like this one that I bring up all the time. Where did all these plexiglass protective barriers come from that magically came out of storage that were all perfectly fit for the latest regist- gas registers? That's a very long and steady development process that the public wasn't aware of, which means they couldn't have done it overnight. That means that those, all these products, whether it was the plexiglass shields or the stickers on the floor of the, of, the, of the corporations, even the policies that the corporations rolled out, all of those had to be done in quiet rooms and quiet stealth ways. Resourcing had to be done selectively piece by piece. Otherwise, it would have raised concern from the public. 
So these are big questions that we're now asking, but they weren't part of that early decision. Even if you were blind and truly believed that the flu virus that suddenly became the COVID-19 virus was real. And of course, then you have the classic move, which is every intelligence agency's best move, is to flood the airways with experts telling you how dangerous this thing is. Here's one for you, and I'll come back to that. The nuclear winter concept, which is the idea if there's a thermal nuclear war, that we will go into a nuclear winter and all of humanity will die because there will be such, such pollution in the atmosphere that the sun rays will not settle in. I think it's some crazy thing like 50 or 100 years or more. All, all life on planet Earth will die and everybody will die with it. That is a complete and total lie. And how it was done is so masterful and it's so typical of intelligence agencies. It was done by the KGB knowing that they could not defeat us in this fight for a nuclear arms race. And so they devised a method. They used experts. They created academic journals. They created a whole body of research that didn't even exist. And they put scientists behind it and names behind it. And out of the blue, they fed it into the Western dialogue. And they fed it into liberal institutions. And they fed it into fear-mongering fools that sit at universities. And they got it pushed into our system so quickly that this erupted out of there with expertise, exactly like COVID-Con, by the way, where suddenly you have these academic articles talking about the need for this and the need for that, and if we don't do this, and people bought it. And it completely changed the dynamic of the Cold War, and we went into the SALT treaties and other things to start limiting nuclear development. Right or wrong, I mean, that's how the Soviets won that fight. The Soviets at the time, not the, not the Russians. Not that the Russians wouldn't do it, but different organization. So they did the same thing. The intelligence agencies had this thing primed. They had the hand puppets of the media. And another big failing of our generals is they tend to believe that our media will tell the truth to the public. I've run into this too much. And McChrystal was a, was a good example of somebody who trusted the media foolishly, thought he could outmaneuver the media foolishly, and paid a heavy price and was ultimately removed from office, or removed from his command. His command had mapped out every single media outlet and thought they understood them all and how they could profile them and use them. That's something that political gamesters do. It's not something that generals can do effectively because at the end of the day, the institution, a general at some point or another has a moral character that they're supposed to fall on and most do. Unfortunately, media and the agencies that run them have absolutely zero moral character. Remember, at the end of the day, the media people and the agency know the depth of corruption of pedophilia in our nation, and they say nothing. That should frame your framework of moral bankruptcy that exists within a large section of our thinking in D.C. and the cesspool that we call the capital of the United States. So back to our generals. Our generals made a decision at the time to move forward as the military does well. There's one thing the military can do, it can mobilize people and assets, and they can do so incredibly fast and incredibly efficiently. And so they did that. And I'm, it's difficult to put blame on them for a time in a crisis, which we really didn't know what, we're, what we were looking at in trying to understand the magnitude of the threat and really the origins of a threat, especially one that had been incubated for years, which included corporations and public space operators like intelligence agencies. And worse, took people from the intelligence place and from the media place that were masters at influence and, and deceptive operations, and they had used them in the private capacity. I want to go back to something that, and this is not me saying I told you so, but in a sense it's me saying I could see it coming. 
This was part of a briefing that I gave at AWG back in 2012 when I literally briefed to what we call Concepts and Integration Squadron, which is where I was working out of, that the next and future, the greatest future threat to the United States was a public and public-private partnership using influence operations to deceive the American public and to use the highest levels of psych- psychological operations to weaponize those systems against the public and break their will. We couldn't see, I couldn't see what the exact vector was that they were going to use, but that carrier was the COVID con and it all came true. But the part of that briefing was in that state was we have no authorities or capabilities to counteract this at this moment in time, which just to jump into this and I'm talking early Q, like the first four months of Q, Q as it was in the first early days, like the first four months happened to be one, a framework of something that I had been familiar with. And that's why I say so many times early Q to my opinion is real because the only way that you can get the public to fight back is to wake them up to the magnitude of the threat that they face. But at the end of the day, people have to learn to fight differently. And they have, we've all learned to fight an information war and we learned to fight an information war based on the one thing that has never been brought in, in, in into an information war successfully. The one thing. We have never seen an information war fought from the foundations of Scripture using the scriptural strength in the Bible as our our principal tool of war, which is spiritual authorities. Okay, so back to this general thing. Our generals right now are at at a really interesting precipice in their life, every one of them, generals and admirals. And I really hope that they can start to embrace this. And again, I'd say this. If anybody wants to clip out these pieces and send it to him, have at it. There's no copyright on any of this. Just use it. Our generals are at a precipice right now of a heavy, heavy decision. The decision is, are you going to do the right thing and have moral character to stand up, or are you going to go down in the legacy of being part of the greatest disintegration of the greatest military in the history of man? The, what you've done already is literally violation of oath at the very minimum. Every one of you as a flag officer. You have violated your oath. You did not put enemies domestic in your equation, and you were more concerned about the fear and likely all this other influencing garbage in the way of your strategic thinking. And you can defend it all day long, but it doesn't hold water once we get past the first month or so when strategic analysis should be happening constantly to update you on the status of the war and the true origins of the, of the threat. That should be happening. But instead, we got wrapped around a narrative of it's evil, it's a, it's, a, it's a pandemic, and everybody jumped on board and stopped thinking. The few that held the line and started to think included about 120,000 U.S. military people in uniform and a, an equivalent number, approximately, roughly said, outside of that rank and file in the public sector, where, like this channel and others that were hammering the message of truth. And the response to that was coming from our tech industries. And the issues of CDC driving policy into HHS into using intelligence agencies' influence to shut down the message and narrative. That alone, that alone should have been a major red flag for every general and it should have been in a staff briefing saying, we are seeing a problem domestically that there is a shutdown of communication. Because what that was telling, should have told every general is that the war was being waged against the American people for voicing their opinion, which was the First Amendment, which was one of their first and greatest tenets to protect and defend. The generals, unfortunately, get into a mindset that everybody is supposed to be an obedient slave. In fact, they see every soldier that way, too, because of their arrogance and the ranks that they hold, because ultimately they've lost what it is to be a soldier. And this is at the core of everything. 
So this is kind of my great framing of this message here. If you are currently a one star or above, meaning a flag officer, I don't care if you're in what branch you're in, admiral or general, you are now sitting at one of the greatest precipices of your life. You have to make a decision now of whom you truly serve. Do you serve God and the people or do you serve your masters of the military industrial complex? And if you don't have the moral courage to step up and read through this letter of the 231 and put your name behind it, here's what I'm going to guarantee you is going to happen. I don't even have to talk about the 231. This military is on a descending path to hell faster than we could ever have imagined. It is disintegrating around our very capacity. The levels of cancer, of myocarditis, of health issues across the, our rank and file is massive. It's skyrocketing. We don't have recruitments to fill the ranks. And we're talking about new strategies to backfill that recruitment with illegal aliens coming across the nation to fast track them into citizenship. And most of them don't even know how to speak English. You've now created a military that is fragmented in its language. It has new, no unified language to communicate with. They're going to spend more time trying to teach people how to speak English than how to do the job. And none of these people are anchored in the principles of what we stand for. Declaration of Independence, Constitution, and Bill of Rights. At this point in time, the knowledge of what's going on into the public space is so open that if you're a general and you're not seeing what's happened, whether it's COVID con or seeing the illegal raids by, by FBI, the intimidation of politics within our nation, you are willfully ignorant. You're doing so by your own choice to avoid the accountability to your job and you need to get out of that chair. But what we're looking for right now is one general, one that has the stones to stand up in this hour and say, this is wrong. The military will not stand for this. We will lead them and take every risk and put your career on the line because you're going to value what is right in this nation. You will value what is morally correct and you'll have the moral courage to say, all that I carry on my shoulder, the weight and rank that I do was for the people and the constitution, not for some promise of a, of a job when you get out and not for some idea of what you carry as the as the arrogance because of the great accomplishments you've done in your life. We are at a point where what you've done in the past matters not. What you do right now will change you for infamy and you will be remembered for just that. So back to our flag officers. If you do not take a stand in this hour, and if our flag officers don't take a stand in this hour, they will be remembered as traitors to the nation, violation of oath, and part and parcel to a, a, one of the worst crimes ever, which is crimes against humanity on a global level. And Let's map out that real quick. Violation of oath can be removal of office. When it gets to turning, doing violation of oath and being part of something which has damaged innocent people, including injured and permanently disabled and killed members of the, of the military with or orders that you were part of, that's treason. And there's, and under UCMJ, that's a pretty quick solution to what that is. That is either going to be some form of life imprisonment depending on your magnitude, 10 years minimum, life imprisonment, and probably death. So let's be real about what we're talking about here. We're talking about consequence. You can go from being a flag officer, feeling good about yourself, being able to walk around in your uniform with all your badges on your chest, which really nobody cares about, spending your time polishing your uniform, polishing your shoes, making your brass look good, all that good stuff that makes you feel good as you walk into the Pentagon and people can salute you and you can get your spine all tightened up and say, ooh, that feels good. Or you can start having a set of balls and step into this time and be a, be a leader. 
And that means put aside all that stuff and walk into the Pentagon and wherever your office is or wherever your station is on base and say it's time that we fight for the people and do the right thing and protect this nation and this military. Because if you don't, it's not going to be the 231 that has any impact. It's going to be about 100 million people right now that are literally pissed off. And when you lose control in the will of the people and the support of the people, it doesn't take too long to vilify you for what you have done already. But the great thing about American people is this. They are forgiving beyond measure. No nation has a group of people that is more forgiving when people come forward and do the right thing. Because at the end of the day, in spite of all the corruption that we have in our institutions, Americans follow a Christian value. They do. And they may not walk heavily with Christ. They may not walk heavily with reading in Scripture, which they should anyway, but... They nonetheless have this amazing resilience that when people come forward with truth and they say, I made a mistake, it is time to do the right thing, Americans will give you all sorts of latitude to work. They will, they will honor you for the courage of standing up and admitting that and stepping forward to do the right thing. So what we need right now is one general. It'd be great if it was a four-star. We'll take any rank. That has that sort of moral courage left in them. To understand that, yes, you made some mistakes in the past. Who cares? It might cost you in the next step that you're going to have to do a admonishment from your peers. It might even cost you a detainment and possibly an arrest by your fellow leaders that are not going to want you to speak this truth because they're afraid for themselves. But courage is addictive. And if you have any questions about that, I'm sure there's about... There's at least 100,000 special operations veterans that can talk to you about how building a guerrilla army is based on, to a large degree, on building courage and making courage addictive. They're happy to guide you since they're the masters of unconventional warfare and have led this nation in some of the greatest fights ever. Invite one to your office. Let them sit down and counsel you. They can walk in with a green beret, something you, most of you generals don't have and probably envy and would love to have. But they'll be your great counsel. I'm really serious about what I'm saying. You want to get counsel in our, in our senior military leadership? Get rid of every cubicle warrior and staffer and kick them out on the street. Send them down to some loggy outfit where they can start loading trucks and keeping their mouth shut and getting them out of the way. Call upon your Green Berets. Have them step in and advise and assist because that's what they do. They will walk you through how to walk this mission through to save this military and to save this nation. And don't worry, you're not going to lose your pork barrel pro projects because that's not what a Green Beret does. But right now, you want to save this nation, and I'm speaking to every single general. Have the courage to get rid of your staffers. Get rid of them. Get rid of your intelligence people. They're all locked into some ridiculous narrative. Get them away from you. Call in the outside consultants. Veterans are active. Veterans are easier because you can bring them in under contract. And in your offices, you have that. That's easy to do. Just talk to your talk to your contracting officer. He'll tell you that there's some sort of open open built billeting under somebody's big pork barrel project that allows you to get 30 extra seats. Hire them. Bring them in around you. And let these Green Berets guide you on how to straighten up a military and how to save a nation from a political warfare. Because believe it or not, even though Green Berets don't specialize in political warfare, they understand unconventional warfare, which is what politics is at the end of the day. Have them guide you to leading this nation back. Because the problem is right now that so many of these ridiculous leadership circles become self-looking ice cream cones. They literally 
they literally are in a place where they they support each other. And the staffers did the same thing. If you've ever been in the Pentagon, it is, when you talk about a puzzle palace, it is a puzzle palace. There are so many avenues and tunnels and, and hallways and offices stuck here. There, you, These people are just, they're just a mess. We need courage right now. We need moral courage. We need moral courage to understand that when the Green Berets were stood up, one of the things that John F. Kennedy told them was that there will come a time that your greatest mission will be to save this, this country. He saw it coming. So, to our flag officers of this nation, when you're sitting right now, understand what you're looking at. This is not a threat. This is a consequence of decisions you've already made. And whether you want to believe it or not, you are not immune to consequence. One of the tenets of that letter that was put out by the 231 is that the political engines have been lit afire right now with people, veterans that are coming in. They are going to be taking positions. You cannot stop this. It's happening. You can think that maybe in the back of your mind in some dark little hope that maybe maybe that dominion system that's run by the agency through its proxies and run by foreign powers like MI5 and MI6, maybe that will just keeps manipulating our elections. It ultimately has some of the roots of the Jesuits and other dark influences in it and every corporate being out there that wants to see the United States as a puppet of their wills. Maybe that'll protect you. It won't, because if you know anything about those in the intelligence circle, the one thing they're wonderful at is betrayal. If there's one thing they excel at, it's betrayal. Because in the in places of the agency, in the places of the CIA, the one thing they have to become good at is morally, spiritually, ethically accepting betrayal as part of their tenet of life. Thou shalt do what thou shall will. Thou, thou will. It only and ultimately, by de facto, ends up being one of the tenets of the Satanist cult. True statement. You can't be a deep covert operator without having an understanding in your heart that betrayal is part of your job. So, for all of those out there, those that are being influenced by staffers, being influenced by that are ultimately influenced by lobbyists, which at the end of the day run that money trail, you're going to find that somewhere along the way there's some former intelligence operator that's pulling the strings. And maybe that for some is an oversimplification. I can tell you it's not. You will be betrayed by the very people that put you out to lead the fight that they needed to take down the United States. You will be one of the first. Understand that your future is already written if you follow this path. And it's not a good one. Because even if the United States falls and even if the military is disintegrated and even if we get to a place where we have UN troops on the ground and this, this deep cabal achieves what it wants, which is to infuse a civil war across this United States to get Americans hating Americans with the Obamas talking of a film, building a film about civil war in which Hollywood pouring out films about civil war and about all these imageries that they're trying to use and all their tools of influence trying to seed the idea of a civil war in the United States, even if they accomplish that. Even if. Every one of you generals will never be forgotten for the betrayal. And I will assure you that there's more than just the 231 that will find you and hold you accountable, just like every Nazi was hunted down to the end of their days. That's not a threat. That is an absolute consequence of the passions of people that are fighting to defend this nation. So, it's a promise based on outcome of human behavior. We call that human terrain.
which every general knows what that is. And the experts of that, by the way, are the Green Berets. So you might want to call upon a few of them to circle around you to get you out of this mess in this call, in this hour of the United States demise. So here's what we're looking for, bottom line. We need to see leadership in this nation. Instead of having a Millie who literally looks like an image of, the, of, a, of a fat Michelin man that can't stand up to having any moral courage to stand next to a president that raised a Bible, but can stand in next to Nancy Pelosi and defend her for all her antics because we know who bought your, probably paid off your mortgage, Millie. We need a, a general that will stand up and have the courage of somebody that says, this is not political, this is constitutional. This is accountability within our rank and file. We need to start from the top and go to the bottom. We need to find out where this corrupted thing is. We need to find the agents of that have tear, that have infiltrated our ranks. And we need to stand first and foremost for the Constitution to protect the American people's rights. That includes private corporations, which, yes, they are under the Constitution, regardless of corporate law, that are abusing the, the, the loopholes of, that they're using so they can get removed from the liabilities for what goes on the web and yet use their tools and that they have to suppress free speech. There is no such thing as hate speech in this nation. There is no such thing as divisive politics, DEI, any of this others. We are one nation under God, a melting pot, which the military's first and foremost responsibility is to protect the homeland. Not worry about fighting some dirtbag in a turban in a cave across halfway across the world that magically managed to uh, supposedly bring an entire nation to war. So let's get clear. Do the right thing. Have moral courage. Stand up in this hour. Lead the nation. Be that one. Not the 99, be the one. And watch how the nation rallies around you. Watch how the nation turns to you and says, we understand what you did, but thank you for finally becoming a leader because we need you. Be the leaders in the military that we need that will lead towards the cleaning up of this corrupted thinking. And do the hard things, the things that nobody wants you to do, that every politician is going to be screaming at you and trying to hold you accountable and tell them to go pound sand. Because this is an hour when you need people like the Ivan Ranklins that can step into your office and go, yeah, I've got a dossier on every single one of these dirtbags. And this one and this one and this one and this one are blackmailed. So don't listen to them. This is when you need to call in the people that are the veterans that are busting their tail to try to save this nation. And they are going to be your greatest allies to win this fight. So be a leader. And speaking to every flag officer, get a set of cojones and start leading this nation. Accept what you did wrong. Don't get your ego in the way. Come to this nation and speak truth. Lead your men. Restore this military. Get on board with what's right. And do the right thing in this hour. And be remembered for having the courage to do the right thing. Don't go down with the ship that says you are a traitor because it's coming. And the ship that you're on is sinking. And everything that you are about so I will guarantee you, I just, I just know the nature of this. Once, once America swings in a, in a political pendulum swing we're in the process of, the way that this will end up being is that every school child at the end of this day will be taught about the evil cabal of the LGBTQ movement to try to groom kids to be pedophile puppets 
They will be taught about the horrors of the thinking that the media did and to influence the public. They will be taught about the horrors of the intelligence agencies and what they did to try to topple down this nation. And the people that can be named by name, they were part of a crime against humanity that rolled out to destroy its military from within, will be named and remembered, not for what you did, but for the treason in which you did against this nation. That's the boat you're on right now. As a flag officer, that's the boat you're floating on. If I were you, I'd get off that boat. There's a Zodiac waiting for you down below. Get on it. Because there's a team of people that are ready to circle around you and look to you and say, all right, General, now let's show you how to fight this war. And they will advise and assist, and they will bring you to a new level of accomplishment. And we will admire you and remember you for the courage that you had, the moral courage to step in at the hour that we needed to lead this nation in a time when we have no leadership whatsoever. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we come to you today, humbled and blessed, that we are here before you and asking for a message that we speak to resonate deep within the, the halls and chambers of our leadership where the one-starred, two-starred, three-starred, and four-starred officers live. May this message resonate deeply within their hearts to call them to this hour to be of moral courage, to step up in a mighty way, to be of moral courage, to do the right thing, to be remembered as, like every man, we make mistakes, but to, to appreciate the forgiving heart of a nation that seeks to have leadership to lead us back to the glory of being one nation under God, under your rule, with government subordinate to the wills of the people and a military that's an extension of we the people. Father, we pray for the moral courage that will look to people like Commander Green, like Rob Miller, like Mark Bashaw, like Pete Chambers, people who are, have been have suffered at the hand of this institution to try to suppress the knowledge of which they had to do the right thing for the people that the military turned on. Have the moral courage. We pray that there will be the one-star, two-star, three-star, four-star, a flag officer that will have the moral courage to say, that was wrong. It must be righted. That was wrong. That is not how we run our military. That is not the military of the republic. That is not the military of we the people. We pray for a courage, a moral courage of a flag officer to step in in this hour and to be able to say, we're not going to be hand puppets of the military industrial complex or the ills and wills of the banksters that want to take us into war for the sake of just sacrificing blood and making more money in trades and stock value. We need a general that will have the moral courage to say that what we did under COVID con was wrong and need to be, needs to be righted. They will lead an effort that instead of trying to brush it under the rug and trying to get a, a void or the acknowledgement and acceptance of responsibility and accountability to all of those that have been injured by this COVID vax, mobilize another version of Operation Warp Speed that will literally seek to solve and make cures for this damage that was done to people's lives, to restore, to literally rescue, heal, and restore. So Father, we pray this into the hearts of every single one star today. Two-star, three-star, four-star, every single flag officer, whether it is an admiral or whether it's a general, and that finding the one out of the 99, we're praying into finding that one that will have the moral courage to stand up and say, this is the hour that I need to make my decision for my future legacy, and I shall be remembered for what I do right under God. 
to have the moral courage to look at this letter and say, I'll put my name behind that because it's what's right. It's what has to be done because we made mistakes and to own it. And to with that be the courageous one that says, even if I made a mistake, I shall have the same measure used against me as I have used against others. To create an institution of moral accountability and moral integrity as it once was to raise it up again and not force us on the outside to have to do it on our own. But to join in the fight for what is right, to put self aside and put nation and God first and understand that even your legacy will affect your generations to come of your own seed. This is an hour to make a choice of how you shall be remembered. So, Father, we pray that this message today will resonate deeply within the hearts of these generals, these admirals, that it will shake them, that they will see it in dreams. Let them have the prophetic experience. Let them have the, the moment of apostolic decision. Let them see truly what their destiny is by a choice and a path that they're on and an opportunity to choose that obedience to the moral character, the moral courage that we need as a nation that ultimately puts faith before politics puts nation before self. And so, Father, we raise them up today. We raise them up to you. The entire class of flag officers, we raise them up to you. And we say, Father, we ask for a judgment to be placed upon them by the courts of heaven, that they are aware of this judgment, that they now have a choice to make, and through a repentant heart that they shall return to their path of what they were destined to do from the beginning or supposed to be which was to protect our nation from enemies foreign and emphasized domestic. And in the process of finding enemies domestic, hold themselves and our military accountable to a new standard, which places God first. Obedience to God first. Obedience to the people second. And obedience to politics last. Guide us in this hour, Father. Raise us up. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's a critical hour, a critical hour that we have to make hard decisions about the direction of where we will go as a nation. There's been way too many people that have been damaged by this. And unfortunately, there's more Americans that have been damaged by this than the military veterans or the military institution. But we start where we know that we can make the greatest change. And with this, emphasizing the fact that those in the military we're forced to comply to this. And I don't think there's an instance in the public space where people were forced to comply with this. So they were dealing with an egregious crime within the military rank and file. And as we get into the history of where COVID-Con came from and Fochi's handling of this and the, the concepts that go back into 2012 and further back, even 1999, we start to realize just how orchestrated this entire coup was. And so it's time now to start to see the great thinkers of our militaries, the SAMS graduates, the, the people that develop strategic thinking, stepping in and saying this was out of character. This was a long-term plan to take over the United States. And looking back at the histories and doing the research, mobilized the intelligence agencies or the intelligence officers and enlisted to start looking at the details that we don't normally look at. And again, who does this best? Special Forces, Green Berets, that's why we raised them up. They're the last line of defense. And in this hour, for every Special Forces veteran out there, hear my words. We need you more than ever now. Get into your communities. 
start organizing because our leadership has betrayed us. And until they come to their senses, this is an unconventional war. And we need every skill set you can bring, not just with guns, but in the way of thinking, organizing, bringing communities together. Keep God before you at all times and let God guide your hand. But this is the hour in which we as America start to stand up and take our country back. We're done playing games. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>